Hello and welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. Boy, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. This past week, we got to sit down and do a panel discussion with two different couples, a couple that had been married for about a year and the other couple had been married for 53 years. And if there's anything that I took away from this panel discussion, it was to always keep myself in a position of being teachable uh, because then I'm always open to be able to hear from heaven and hear what God has to say about my marriage. And so no matter where you are, whether you're single, whether you've been married for a long time, we've all got things that we can learn and that we can grow in. So... I encourage you to get a pen, get a piece of paper, whatever you need to do to posture yourself to hear from heaven because you're going to enjoy this podcast. Okay, I just want to make sure we're excited. But what this church is about and what we were founded on is vision for vision. Sorry. Vision for faith, vision for family, vision for community. And that's why we say vision for life. So we've been on a series here for a while because how many of you know people perish without a la- for lack of vision? They have no vision uh, for different areas of their life. And so one of the things that we've been focused on the last couple of weeks has been vision for family, for your marriage. We talked the last two weeks about preparing for marriage and what that looks like. And so I encourage you if, you, if you want to get caught up, you can go to our website. Those messages are on there. We talked about looking for love in all the right places. We talked about the power of being planted and what that does when you're coming into a marriage and you have that mentality that divorce is not an option. It causes you to work through things. You get to work things out. Some people never grow in the church that they're at because they don't stay long enough. Sometimes that's the reason why, because when you stay planted, you have to confront different things in your life, right? You can only put on a show for so long. (laughs) Amen. Uh, James was talking about their ministry and what they do. They have a pathway to freedom, which is a two-year prior to parole, so they work with prisoners. And he said, it's hard for a prisoner to put on an act for two years. He said, we figure it out, and if, if they don't make the cut, they don't get to be a part of the program. So, because they have to grow through it. But you know what? Here's the good news. The guys that grow through it, they get out. 88% stay out. They don't go back to prison. Isn't that amazing? Because they have a vision beyond just getting out. People that don't, 70% go back in. And right now, I mentioned last week that um, Arkansas is number one in the United States for divorce rate. Right now in the United States, this state is number one. And so how many of you think we could, whether we think we know what we need to know or we don't know what we need to know, we can grow in our wisdom for marriage, right? And come into this thing correctly. And if you're already in this thing, we can even get better, right? Marriages, we're growing either together or we're growing apart, right? Well, it's just like in that program, they can't fake it. To get out into, I mean, you got to be with it. In marriage, you can't fake it. And we've got some couples up here with us that that are have have stuck through the the fires of thick and thin. And then we've got brand new married couple up here with us. We've got the Allreds, Jacob and Lauren Allred, 2.0. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, Allreds yeah, all 2.0. Reds. There's the, uh, yeah. first Allreds. There's more to the family. Allreds 2.0. And your anniversary. You, uh, you have a microphone in your in your chairs. Go ahead and get your mics um, so that they can hear, to, hear you too. Um, now, when, when is your anniversary? 
September 5th. Keep, just, just keep talking. They'll, they'll, they'll turn you on back September there. September 5th. And what year? Last year. <laughs> that, that'll only work this year. You can only say last year once. Yeah. You know? So. 2020. There you go. 2020. So the, they've been married the a year, and then we have what? some veterans in yes, the house. Lance and Nancy, Lance and Nancy Johnson. Johnson. They're the eldermost married in the house, I believe. And when is your anniversary? September 14th. 1968. Come on, 53 coming. He got it. That is awesome. Well, we're October 1st, uh, 1992. What did I say? October. Okay, when's our anniversary? August 1st, 1992. When is your birthday? My Numbers have never September. been her strong suit, I'm telling you. But I just figured out the year, how I can remember the year, because um, we were married at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so we were married 1992, baby, because we were married at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So see, you get little ticks. Did she say face like there? It sounded like she was trying so. to. Yeah. Well, he, well I put we it in his wedding band, so he knows. 715 at night. 715. Because nobody could decide whether we should do 7 or 730. So I split the difference. There and said you go. 7:15. And you didn't have to feed him dinner. Come we, on. We did. We did. Oh, you uh, did. Well. Executive decision. We didn't. You know, 2 o'clock. Okay. All right. So, so, so you guys can probably agree with this statement. How many of you remember a guy named, by the name of Ed Cole? Yeah. Ed Cole made this statement. He said, marriage can be the closest thing to a heaven or a hell on earth. And so marriage is, to God, a really big deal because it's all through the Bible, right? I mean, it's a, a, marriage, a marriage begins at the beginning of the Bible, there's a marriage, and at the end of the Bible, there's a marriage. If you need scripture on that, it's Genesis 2.24 and then Revelation 22.20, the marriage of the Lamb, right? Jesus is going to come back. We're his bride. Amen. So marriage is a big big deal. We also, as a, a little side note, we have a small group that's starting up and it's called Vision for Marriage. And it's for married couples with children um, or, or not, but they do allow children. But what you see up here is a picture of marriage. We've got two bookends here. We've got the, yeah. the beginning of marriage. Then you've got the 29-year-old married couple. You know, we've been married for 29 years. And then in the 50s, um, 53 coming up. So we've got some wisdom up here. And see, us, we need to see you guys, the freshness of it, the newness yeah. of it, the, 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 what, 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 reminds us, what reminds us of, oh, the beginning of the times. But then you can also hear from us, stick with it, baby. It'll, it'll keep with it. Keep with it. Because I told you yesterday on the, on the text, it's first year going on forever. Yeah. And we're 29 going on forever. And you're soon to be 53 going on forever. You may think it's, it's already been forever, but you know what? It's, it's coming. <laughs> so let's get into the questions because we want to open up some questions here and talk to these people and, and no no you're you want me to scoot there we go. all right proverbs 19 verse 14 says this and i'm going to ask the first question to miss lauren here so you can inherit houses and land from your parents but a good prudent was that for effect okay a good, prudent, understanding wife only comes as a gracious gift from God. So here's, here's the first question. So what, since you guys have gotten married, by the way, who made the first move here? Okay. Yeah, come on. Come it was on. me. 
that's okay. We're all good with that, right? <laughs> so Everybody's got their own story. So okay. you're, there's nothing wrong with your story. So you made the first move. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Right. How did you guys meet? Oh. I was. Didn't, I didn't prep him on that one. I'm sorry. To be honest, I was working security in a bar on Dixon, and she was out celebrating her 25th birthday. Yep. Yep. And you were the you were the bouncer, right? Yes. yes. So you, you didn't bounce her though. You didn't no. like, throw her out. She was probably like saying, "Well, dude, what are you doing up here?" Right. Okay. So since you guys have gotten married, you've been married a year, right? So what what has been the biggest adjustment for you, Lauren? Oh, okay. Um. Not being just me. My independence. Yeah. Because now I have my plus one. Yeah, you go ahead and bump her down a little bit. You're, I think I'm, maybe I'm loud. Maybe everybody needs to come down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Hold <laughs> so the mic up. I guess just, I mean, like, I don't ever think I was a selfish person, but now it's, I don't just think about me and worry about me. It's us. I worry about us. Think about us. And that was hard to just share, I guess. Sharing is not my strong suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now I share. That's cool. So, Jacob, so what attracted you to Lauren? Well, once I got to know her, I realized how thoughtful she always was and how she always would say things to help motivate me through different situations I was going to. And it's really kind of made my eye look different to her, or made she look different to me. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of fell in love with that. Okay, so, so I'm gonna read a scripture. I wanna ask you another one, and this is, this is more of a spiritual uh, question here. So Ephesians 5.25 says, "'Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church "'and gave himself for her.'" So how do you make your spouse a priority in that way? Such as like making her a priority with Jesus. Well, in, in how you love her, because she talked a little bit about the adjustment she had to make. And so, okay, it's no longer me. So the first thing people realize is that, is that marriage is a selfless sacrifice, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's no longer about me because what God said was, I'm going to take two people. You think, about, you think about Adam, and I'll say this real quick. You think about Adam, when God first created him, it was just him. And God said, this is not good. He looked at everything else in creation and said, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. And he saw Adam by himself and he said, this is not good. And so what did he do? He took a rib from Adam and he took the female side of Adam and made this amazing person that he called woman, right? He took the he was feminine out from, of man. Took the feminine out of and man. And put it in us. So there's, so a man is a man is a man. So you think, you, you hear the statement, hey, you need to get, female. I was thinking about this yesterday. You, you hear people say, you know, the, to a man, you need to get in touch with your feminine side. And it's like, well, God took that out of me. He gave that to her. That That's why. Mean. So I don't, I get in touch with my feminine side right here. You know, I mean, Okay, I'm sorry. So we're uh, getting out of hand. Okay, so in that sense, where was I going with that? Well, how do you how do you how do you make your, your spouse a priority? I got excited there. Yeah. How do you make your spouse a priority in your life? In the light of that, I'd say through spiritual meaning that I always try to help give her advice through the book, not through my personal flesh, which I do. But also, I try to make it that spiritual comes first. And 
I go off of what God would want me to do, not off of my personal feelings. That's good. That's so, good. So you don't have to always have the, the answer up yeah. here. You can just say, well, you know what? Let's go to the Word. What does the Word say about that? And it really helps when I have no idea what to say. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here you go. Yeah. What would you cool. say is the biggest uh, challenge that young couples are facing today when they're considering getting married or thinking about the possibility of marriage? Uh, you can feel free to answer one. Communication. Like the, this, um, people think, and I struggled with this too, like before marriage, like everyone thinks that you communicate through text. And if you don't text, you're not communicating. Mm. No, that's not, that's not how communication truly works. I would say I'm still working on communication, which like I tell her things, but I know what I'm talking about, but she doesn't. So yeah, we work on that happens a lot. Does that happen? Well, you know what, yeah. this first year, I bet you there's, I bet, so Lance and Nancy, have you, have you, um, what, what's the word, have you completed your course, have you, have you mastered the art of communication, communication. to each other? We're still working on it. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's a journey, it's not a destination. Oh. That's good. <laughs> what was that? Cross-stitch that. <laughs> Cross-stitch and put it up. That's good. So, so communication, you feel? Yeah, I, I would agree because some people, and especially, um, you know, the millennials and Gen Z, it, it's like phone calls. That's like the highest intimate form of communication. You know, personal text is, is considered, I mean, that's starting to get personal. But, you know, yeah, we'll just message on Facebook. And you don't you know? like the thumbs up when, you, you know, you've just, you just done your whole heart. You know, you've told them everything and then they, and they respond with a thumbs up. Boy, that can really make things go south, you know, big time. But, but, but That's texting, me. That's my most used meme. <laughs> texting up. can be fun in marriage. You can start, you know, texting throughout the day and just give little, little love notes and stuff like that throughout the day and emojis. Um, but that's not the only way to communicate. You know that's what Nicole will do way. for me sometimes? She'll, she'll call me, and this really helps me. She'll call, or I'll see her at the end of the day, and she'll say, okay, so I need to tell you something, but I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to feel it. Okay. So I try to feel it, you know, but that just means, because we, you know, we're, if it involves tools, we're all in, right? I mean, we're all about fixing things. Well, and then we hear that as like, you don't, I know what to do. I know what to do in the situation or you tried to fix what I did. And then you make me kind of feel like I'm, I'm just hypothetically, the man would make the woman feel like she didn't do it right or kind of belittled because we don't know how to handle it. We do. I were just, just kind of processing it verbally. So that's where the, just feel it. Don't try and fix it because I already did that. Or I wish I'd have thought of that. Well, Captain Obvious, I did that, you know? And so you just have to be, be open in that and just learn, learn. Y'all have heard about, you know, the love languages and learning what, how, how each other talks and, and he listens, but that comes, it's a process. It's a process. It's a journey and you stick with it. Just stick with it because it's going to get better. Okay. So Lance, I've been so excited to ask you questions. So I read this article and it, the article was about 20 things husbands wish their wives understood about them. And I thought about this one, listen to this. It says, we don't know how we feel about things. We only know how we think about things. Talking about men. 
Um, when you ask us how we feel, our processor gets stuck and we have to shut down the system and reboot before we can speak. That's why there's an empty stare. That's what that means, in case some of you ladies didn't know what that meant. So my question for you is, have you ever played dumb or <laughs> how do you answer that? <laughs> <laughs> this is a question go, for Nancy. Go ahead, Nancy. <laughs> Submissive wife, I'll let him in. <laughs> or how do you respond to situations that you would rather not be involved in or a part of? Wow. <laughs> Sometimes I respond with silence. And um, it's a little bit like the invitation to participate today. We got the group in invitation I asked you both. Yeah. on a group text and I said I'm going to remain silent for a while and then uh, were you processing Nancy I was processing it I knew where we were going <laughs> <laughs> but but Nancy's response was uh, I'm all in but we'll let Mr. Excitement decide for himself because uh, I'm the submissive wife and, and my response was, I knew I had no voice in this matter. <laughs> so, so explain the Mr. Excitement. Uh, that's your pet name for... Oh, I, I have a pot holder on the refrigerator that I've had for four states. So we've lived in five states together. And it says Mr. Excitement. Because you have to put a mirror under him on occasion to see if there's breath on it. <laughs> well, okay. Can I give it one yeah, quick yeah, example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. lived in Colorado for six years. And we were, this company that he worked for, everybody was from somewhere else. There was nobody that had family in town. So we were our own network, our support group. So <laughs> six years, we're leaving. And several people had going away parties for us. And at one party, Lance is standing there against the wall like normal. Six years now, these people have known us. And two ladies are talking about buying a car and buying a, a Volvo. And Lance says, you should always buy American. And one lady looks at the other and said, he can talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I, I want to read a scripture on your approach because I found this scripture. And I was so excited about it. This is in the Good News translation. It says Proverbs in Proverbs 12, verse 23. It says, smart people keep quiet about what they know. <laughs> and I thought, this is so Lance right here, you know. You have to draw it out of him. You're like a deep well every time I get around you. Yeah. You are. I think I get way too much credit. Well, it's Jesus in you, yeah. So, so how have you, one more question for you, how have you changed through the years that's been a surprise to Mrs. Johnson? Well, I, I think I've probably become way more tolerant of things that Nancy does that annoy me. And, Amazon. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, some of these things used to just drive me crazy, and I had to be 
I was vocal about them on a regular basis, and I've just learned that in the grand scheme of things, oh, that's good. it doesn't make any difference, and well, I'm way better to just keep my mouth shut. And then, and then do you have more of a piece about it? Do you have more peace? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, don't, worry, I don't worry about it. It's uh, in the long... Uh, I like that. In the grand scheme of things, does in, this In the really grand matter? scheme, the, the things aren't going to make a difference. So you're basically picking your battles. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that I had a man who was my age at the time, 40 years ago in a Sunday school class, told me that there's a lot of things that are very, very important to women that men don't even acknowledge or recognize. Mm -hmm. And I, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned when those things occur, if there's something that I can do in two minutes that fixes it or makes it go away or whatever, rather than bowing my back, I just go do it. And uh, wow. it makes life better. When Nancy's happy, it's I'm it's happier. It. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So what, in, in what year of marriage did that happen? I'm just curious. When did you decide? Oh my that gosh, that, that, that took about 45 years <laughs> to get to that point. <laughs> oh, I love it. I so think it was between 17 and 18. <laughs> if I look back, it, between 17 and 18, when it was finally like, okay. Well, you know, we're, we're going to find a way to make this out. Work it out. 16 more. Got it. That's a great question. How yeah. long did it take to, to get there? And wow. So, wow. okay. So, Miss Nancy, what have you found to be key to resolving issues, arguments, disagreements? Because I imagine you've you had at least fair? one in 50. I think I, if two I think back, yeah, there was one. Uh, communication is, I think, the key. Um, keep talking? Keeping or? it bottled up and boiling, made it worse and spill over, or whatever. Mm. So getting it out, and even though I maybe didn't want to talk about it, say, okay, here's what I've done. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, I've, made, I've screwed up, and how can you, you know, I want you to help me fix it. Yeah. Were you kind of like Lucille Ball and you had some explaining to do? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy and I go way back. <laughs> I, know, I know for Nicole and I, my family was more, um, when I married you or I started dating you, I, I noticed you know, how you guys talked about everything. And all at once. All at once. We talked all and, at once. We were the loud family. Yeah, and my family was not. We were more quiet, you know, and we kind of kept held things close to the vest. And, and they all took and, turns when they talked. Yeah. You know? oh, but on, on the flip side, for me, I didn't really get issues resolved right away until, you know, you and I got married and I really began to learn um, how you communicate and when you when you when you communicate openly um, and and with the children too if there's something going on with finances or a move or a change or something like that if you include your children in that they get to see God move for uh, uh, for the family not just for mom and dad well you know because they if they just see the the answer 
then they just kind of think mom and dad took care of it. But when, I mean, we, we had our kids in, of course, age-appropriate stuff, you know, if we had a family vacation that we needed to save money for, or we were believing God for, or, or something as big as dad's making a job change, and so, you know, we got to see what God's going to do here. Whatever the situation was, if it affected the family, we included the family. So our miracles were their miracles. Yeah. And they learned how to, how, to, how to live and believe God for themselves at a very young age. And because we didn't keep it from them. We weren't just, yeah. When you're done. No, I'm done. I wanted to say something to the Allwrights, going back to the 1718. Number one, we didn't have the, the benefit of the Christian upbringing that you did. Mm. Neither one of us. And so we had to come up with that. Lance got drafted right after he got out of college. We were already married. So we had that space of time where he was gone. It was Vietnam era. Wow. Luckily, he didn't go to Vietnam. But we had that. And so when he came home, again, like you, I wasn't just me getting up and running out and going and doing an errand. I had to wait for him to get dressed and showered and whatever. So we had that learning process. And then we had kids. And so it was until the kids were um, sufficient to, they could feed themselves, dress themselves, whatever. Yeah. That's where the 17 and 18, it become, became more relaxing then. I mean, easier to work together then because all that other stuff was gone beyond. That's good. Because you've been through all the different seasons so far. You, your empty nest, you, you know, you raised your kids, you had, you had your careers, and, and wow, that, that was a, they've got a lot going on up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. And you don't know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> well, think about this verse um, really stood out to me uh, last night as I was reading it. Actually, this last week as I was studying it. First Peter 3, verse 7 says this. I thought this was so interesting. I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. It says, husbands, this is, you know, he's, Peter's talking to the husbands. He said, husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness. So what that means is with consideration of what they desire and delight in, not ignorant of their preferences. Wow. Viewing them as not the weaker vessel so much as, as equal. But think about this. You know, the New King James uses the phrase weaker vessel. So I want to break that down to you because I thought this was very interesting. In Aramaic, the native language of Peter for the word weaker is, and I hope I'm saying it right, makal, M-A-C-H-A-L. It carries the idea of neutralizing a threat. Now listen to this, ladies. In Aramaic, the word vessel is manna, M-A-N-A. <clears throat> its root comes from the Phoenician word for the outrigging of a ship. Peter may be describing the wife as the outrigging of the marriage that helps keep the relationship on course and moving forward. So he goes on to say that as feminine partners, um, going back to as weaker vessels, feminine partners who deserve to be honored for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So it's interesting that the husband's prayers are hinged on how they treat their spouse. Did you, if you guys 
been through that or experienced that in your life or, or realized that because I know, I know some men don't, you know, and, and, and I've seen, you know, I remember um, my mom would tell my sisters, you know, just watch how they treat their, their mom or their sisters because that's how they'll treat you and the importance of how you treat your spouse because we need our prayers to be answered, guys. We need our prayers to be effective prayers. And I think sometimes, men, as men, we don't realize the value of honoring the wife. Listen to it out of the message. The message says it this way. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. Just talking about we're made different. Um, then, But in the, in the life... I'm sorry, in the new life of God's grace, your equals, treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. So, um, so in your experience, let's go to you, Jacob. Um, <laughs> so was that something that you were taught as you were coming into your marriage that she's a partner, this is not a, a, a this kind of thing, this is a we're a... We're co, uh, co-partners, co-laborers in our relationship together. Or is that something you've had to come to an understanding in? I'll say yes. I'll say when we first um, got married and started living with each other, that there are certain things I expected to get done without communicating about it. Because growing up, I lived with my parents my entire life. So, and my mother would do things and then I kind of expected Lauren to take over that role without communicating it oh, wow. and then um we just and she expected me to do a lot of things and we just kind of had to start talking about it and come to an agreement that we need to start doing them when they need to get done and not pushing them off mainly for myself yeah but we need I feel like we needed to do it more as a team not as individuals that's, That's really so good. Because good, you yeah. both are working full time. Yeah. And so roles look differently, but man, you just really hit on something that she's not your mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> our moms are, you know, we, we do for our children um, and, and we, 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 we train our children, but we don't train our husbands. We need to, we need to lift them up. We need to be, be not in, in um, competition with them. We need to help complete the call that God has in them. And I just heard this past week and it just hit me so right here. And the the husband said of his wife, she took her frustrations to God, but her encouragements to me. Mm. And as a wife, I was going, oh yeah, I need to do more of that. I need to take frustrations to God. Because what year did you stop being frustrated? (laughs) (laughs) So there is an end, okay. Right, right. So, you know, whatever frustration you have at your spouse, and that goes for the man too, um, take your frustrations to God and your encouragements to your spouse. And that's the same thing, you know, so that your prayers won't be hindered. Because if you're taking your frustrations here and God fix them, God God fix them, God's not going to talk to you about him. He's going to talk to you about you. And so we need to focus on us uh, in, in, that, in, that, in that prayer time, yes, we can pray for them, but not for God to fix them. Just pray that, that they'll hear from God for themselves. But oh, 
that was such a good word. Take my frustrations to God and my encouragements to you. What about, um, so have you been wrong before? And yes. <laughs> let me expand on that. <laughs> so, but in, in when you're wrong, were you willing to admit? Did you ever struggle with being willing, either of you will, being willing to? Admit I learned that you were wrong? it, it along you? the way. I, at first, probably no. But yeah, I think I learned along the way, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Help me here. <laughs> and what? And what did that do for the relationship, that willingness oh to admit? Oh, my gosh. It was like a, a, a night and day. Like, hello, why didn't I do this before? So yeah. I, so I want to touch on your patience because you brought this up. Oh, and you, he's patient. And you <laughs> talked about when he went off, you know, when he, he yeah, was... Got drafted. Got drafted. And he came home one time, and you shared this story with me. Oh. And it was, a, it was freezing cold, and, and you oh. lived in an apartment... You want to share that? Because I just think that's a story worth sharing. Well, I'll tell you, the moral of the story is when you're getting discharged from the Army and you haven't seen your wife in a long, long time, let her know you're coming. <laughs> so I was, well, that, that, I was, that's a good setup because people going, are like, uh, what were you doing, Nancy? Okay, I was so. going to surprise her and... I had plane scheduled to get to Flint before she got off work, except the flight to Flint got delayed or canceled, and they flew us to Detroit. And people, if you believe that, I hitchhiked from Detroit to Flint. I've, and I say I hitchhiked. There were some people saw three soldiers standing there looking sad, <laughs> and, and they gave us a ride to... Uh, the apartment that we lived in, or that Nancy lived in, and for some reason she didn't get home right after work. And so what happened? Can I explain? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fix. We had, I worked in a clothing store, big, lovely, nicer than Dillard's, if you will. And uh, we did a fashion show. It was on a weekend. And so after the fashion show, you know, you go back to the store and you back the truck in and blah, blah. And then you... Socialize for a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a couple hours. Yeah. And so I come home to this, and I drive through this apartment complex, and in my building, I see a soldier standing there. It's dark. It's, it's maybe one in the morning, and, it, and, I, and I'm thinking, I, I can't get out and go in that door with this person. Because it didn't dawn on me. I didn't know that they were letting the guys out early. You were trying Germany. to surprise her, right? He was in Germany, and, he, and they let him out early, like at 19 months instead of 24 months or something. Wow, early. So I drive on by, and I went out the back end of the apartment complex, went down a mile, down a mile, came back in, and he's still standing there. But this time, he sees me coming. So what's... <laughs> and he's running out to the parking lot. What's the temperature here? You're in oh, Flint, well, Michigan? Minus 20 or something like that. <laughs> and so I, all of a sudden, it dawned on me who that was. And I hit the brake so hard, I think my front bumper hit the street. Oh. <laughs> and it was, it was him. And so uh, he'd been out there for four hours. <laughs> I'm a quick learner. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But you didn't blame her. You realized I didn't let her know. Well, we didn't have cell phones right. in 1972. Yeah. So would, would you guys agree that, that being willing to f- forgive, release, admit I was wrong are very important in your, the continuation of your relationship, having peace in your home? Absolutely. I, I've got, uh, I can forget things very, very quickly, and I think we ought to spend our time figuring out where we're going, not how we got to where we are. Mm, that's good. Wow. Figure out, figure out where you're going. Keep your eyes on where you're going, not trying to figure out where, what got you there. That's good. Wow. So, Lauren and uh, Jacob, how, how would you encourage people that are here that are, you know, thinking about one day, I, you know, I plan on getting married again. What would be a word of encouragement that you guys would give want to him give the them? warning? Give him a warning. <laughs> I'll say with the problem solving that saying sorry and talking about it, it, it only makes a difference if you put in the effort to fix the problem, not just looking to the side and keep doing what you're doing, but to make an effort to actually fix the problem. So realizing that That's, even though you don't think there's a problem, but your spouse does, it, it, there's a problem, right? That's good. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? You're thinking. Um, okay, so I was going to be that like deep. I was going to say, all the things they tell you to do later in life, don't try and do it in your first year together of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like all the things they were like, oh, do that later, do that. We're like, no, we're going to do it right now. Oh. So... It's great. Our marriage is great. It's super wonderful. Love it. No regrets at all. Um, but we are living with Allred 1.0 <laughs> and building a house. And I'm getting my master's. And Jacob's taking on a new job and new... Wow. What's that thing? Same what? job. Same job, but different. But growing in it. And so they're yeah. taking another... So we're just, we're just yeah. doing a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. This generation, I think, I mean, 50, 70 years ago, um, people weren't as busy as they are today. And so you were able to focus more on that marriage, being a, being a wife. Now, I did have two jobs when I was engaged. And, well, three, but two, two jobs when I was engaged. And I gave one up after we were married because I said, I want to be a wife. I said, that, that's a full-time job is being a wife, but I wanted to, another reason why we said August 1st we'll get married, because I was teaching school, and this is back in the olden days when school started after Labor Day. Remember those days? And so I said, well, if we get married August 1st, that gives me a whole month to, you know, be a, a homemaker before we start school. And so I kind of, that's why, you know, that's the reason why we said, did that. And your dad said, don't put it off. I mean, if you're going to do this thing, he said, do it. We were engaged in March, and then we said August. And he's like, and then he so said, soon? Why so soon? I'm like, well, Bob, and don't, wait, don't wait so long. So how long did you guys wait from engagement to marriage? Um, not even a full year, right? I think it was eight months. So you were engaged March. about eight months? And I think we knew each other eight months, and then you asked me. It was short. We didn't know each other very long. And we were like, yep, this is it. This is it. Um, But we got engaged in October of 2019, and they got married in September. Okay, September. Okay. And then what about you guys? How long did you know each other? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
she tells me it was nine months. We we dated exclusively for three years. Oh, okay. And it was almost three years to the date. One day. That, we uh, met on the 13th of September, got married on the 14th. Married on the 14th, but you met on the 13th. Yeah, okay, so another day to celebrate. You know that, yeah. More occasions. We got, we got engaged without a ring. He said we can either afford to get married or afford to get engaged. We can't afford both. So I picked marriage. Mm-hmm. Could have got engaged and hocked that ring a long time ago, but no, no. Right. Good so job. we got engaged around the holidays, and because I think our engagement was in the paper in January, and then we got married in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many years later did you get a ring? 20, 25? When the first diamond was 25 years? When she got the bling? Yeah. Yeah. And then wow. when I turned 50, it upgraded. It upgraded. <laughs> Upgrades. Wow. Well, thank you guys for staying married. Yes. Yeah. And thank you guys. I have two for words in my in. pocket that I wanted to use. Yeah. That, okay, so share your. The reason two words. I uh, fell in love with him. Oh, okay. Yay. His. The fact that he was ethical and he had integrity. Yes. Okay. Those are, those are attractive qualities, Lance. You're looking like, kind of like. Very balanced. <laughs> I know you want to hear, Very you know, I, you were. <laughs> he was hot too, wasn't he, Nancy? He had a full head of black hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I was six foot four. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, honey, remember those platform shoes, right? You were hot. And oh. you're, you just get hotter and hotter every year. Yeah, I'm getting so, hot right now. Wow. <laughs> and so. it just works out. We get hotter and hotter every year, too, don't we, ladies? <laughs> you talking menopause? <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> so, so I felt I wanted to pray over couples this morning, you know, because. The enemy is out for your marriage, without a doubt. He's out for it. He, he wants to destroy the family unit because God, the way God created it, and the reason he took, you know, he took Eve, and he, he took the, you know, he took from Adam, he made Eve, is he put them together and, and then God looked at it and he said, now that, that's good because it's complete and it's whole. And so a God-ordained union that's whole is I love this statement that um, hurting people hurt people, but I've heard the second side of that, whole people heal people. And so when we walk in wholeness as a union, then man, it it affects every area of your life. It, it, It affects your children, it affects your, affects your relationships with people, all for the better. Because God designed it so that two of us would come together, a female, a male. It's the only connection that works. And I don't, I don't care how many different genders people try to tell you there are. There's only two biological genders, period. It, I mean, it's the way God designed it. Everywhere in nature, there's a male and a female. And, and so God needs us walking in unity, walking in agreement, being planted in who we are so that nothing can break down the union. That anything that the enemy tries to bring, we're so planted in him 
that we can ward it off, that together we can defeat it, together we can overcome it. And it's so also, it's also a picture of, of to the earth of what God's relationship is with the church, is the marriage. Why do we call this a family of believers? The family of God. We're children of God if He's our Father, but Jesus is the groom and the church as a whole is the bride. And so we've talked about marriage from Genesis to Revelation. That's another reason why the enemy wants to break it up because it's a picture to him of the relationship that God has with the church. So there's so much more. It's not just a natural thing. However, we talk about a lot of good natural principles, but it's a spiritual thing too. You can't take one without the other. It's great power. And, and we said last week that when divorce happens, and, and it's not against the divorced person, but the principle is it's a ripping and it's a tearing apart because, and that, the reason why we said that God doesn't want that to happen is because it brings harm and hurt to his child, to his children. But that doesn't mean he wants you to stay in an abusive situation. That's, that's not the answer. The answer is to say, okay, God, I'm laying it all out. And even in our marriages, God, we're laying it all out before you. And just like Jacob said, we want to do it your way. And both spouses have to have to be there. They both have to agree. That's why when I was asked, what are you looking for in in a husband? Someone who loves God as much or more than I do. Because I need him to be dependent upon God. And he needs me to be dependent upon God. Yeah. And then when you have those two individuals that come together, they're not, they're not two half people. You have to be a whole person in God so that you can bring to your spouse what, what they need and what you've been called to bring to, to the marriage. Yeah, yeah. So we want to pray. We want to pray over you. And, and let me tell you something. If, you've, if you're in here and you've experienced a divorce or that tearing away that Nicole talked about, you know, somebody told me over the, um, on Friday, they were talking about how, you know, we don't know if this is our bed and we just have to lie in it. And I just thought, man, thank you, God, that when Jesus died on the cross, we got a brand new bed. We don't have to lie in that bed that God can restore what the enemy tried to steal and he can make it better than what it was before. And so don't, don't allow the enemy to bring condemnation to you. Romans 8.1 says that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. When you are in Christ, condemnation goes out the door. That's no longer your identity. And so- Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.